0: Today's show is brought to you by CBD MD. I use CBD because I'm an old former basketball player that deals with inflammation and aches and pains. It's something that can help you with that. It can help you with maybe catching up on some sleep. Whatever it is, you can use CBD MD to get. What you need, even if it's through getting a good night's sleep, it can be much easier said than done with our good friends over at CBD MD, They have exactly what you need to sleep harder than the NBA media is sleeping on DeAndre Hunter. CBD MD, CBD's PM blends 500 milligrams of high-quality CBD with melatonin, valerian root, chamomile, and other sleep-promoting ingredients to create a powerful and effective sleep aid. And if you want to relax a little bit before bed, their new CBD bath salts fuse superior CBD with Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bath into a luxury experience. They're now available in lavender and eucalyptus scents, that is luxurious, as well as soothing nighttime blend with melatonin and calming herbs. Now, to make it even easier, get your year started off right. They are offering all of our Locked On NBA listeners 20% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com with the promo code NBA for 20% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD.
1: You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome
0: back. It's a Wednesday, Locked On NBA, two games in the association. So I, John Corrales of the Locked On Celtics podcast, am here to talk about it
1: with my good friend, Jake Madison. Jake, what's going on? Oh, man. Um, I think we all get to catch our breath after like the huge slate of games on MLK Day, and they kind of <laughs> let us have a bit of a downer night, like a night that maybe you did not need to pay attention to Also, before we get into anything, shout out to the Hawks fan that works in marketing for CBD and the the unbelievably random DeAndre Hunter reference in there, which is totally
0: outstanding. (laughs) (laughs) That is fantastic. Like I said, two games on the schedule. Now, later on, we're going to do our sour rankings, and we're going to talk about some of the things that we don't like so far in the NBA. In the second segment, we're going to talk about Kyrie... And what he said, because Kyrie uh, is now coming back to the Brooklyn Nets, and he spoke for about 12 minutes to the media. But let's start with the two games on the schedule, Oklahoma City and Denver and New Orleans and Utah. Jake, who is the host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast, find him on Twitter, by the way, at Nola Jake, was keenly focused (laughs) on Pels Utah, which both of these games started out the same way, Jake scrappy kind of underdog teams keeping that fight, keeping it close for a while. And then the better team just going, ah, you know what? We're a lot better than you
1: yeah look that happened in both like you could kind of see that probably going this way and look the Pelicans defense right now is really struggling and they basically allowed Utah just to do whatever they wanted from three 21 made threes on the night on 47 attempts basically the Pelicans just had no answer for what to do with this Utah Jazz team and like the better team won you know I want to get kind of like upset when I record locked on Pelicans later because this Pels team looked really bad in this game but I kind of expected it to go the way so i can't even get that worked up over it because this is probably what should have happened donovan mitchell 28 points on the night slashing attacking shooting threes as well they had rudy gobert who controlled everything down low 18 boards from him six offensive on just easy putbacks and then 12 defensive rebounds and they got enough points off the bench in jordan clarkson who's been an unbelievable three-point He's shooter so this season good for making them. four threes it, that, that's really important for that Utah Jazz team. And look, when you look at their numbers the past couple of games, they're on a six-game winning streak now. They might be the best three-point shooting team in the league. If you're trying to kind of find the right balance of like, actually making your threes and shooting them in volume, Utah does it really, really, really well. And New Orleans at one point switched to a zone to try and maybe kind of force them out of it and force them to drive inside. And Utah didn't even care and just still bombed away from three and just broke the zone immediately on the first play they ran it to try and do it. Zion, by the way, though, still a handful, and at least he's looking good for New Orleans. 14 of 19 in this one. That's 74%, 32 points on the night. Dude's just bounce off of him it's like it's like a <laughs> bag of bricks jumping up and like you saw um, Derek favors just go flying after colliding with him as Zion went for score like moving back six or eight feet it's not like Derek favors is a tiny dude no <laughs> Zion Zion is just
0: I mean he is he's a brick wall he's, it, but let me just go back to the Utah thing Utah is one of three teams in the league jacking up 40 or more three pointers per game. And I don't know if we could have seen that coming this year. They really have bought into the three point uh three pointer as a weapon. 40.7 per game for the Utah Jazz. And in this one they shot 47 three pointers. Uh they took 85 shots, 47 of them were threes. Uh back to Zion who offensively has shown like just obviously that he's going to be kind of unstoppable right and you're starting to see some of the wrinkles that New Orleans is is using having maybe a guard come up and screen for him and then he turned the corner he had that one time where he turned the corner and had the dunk this is and correct me if I'm wrong because you're the New Orleans guy this is like a season where it's almost like a second rookie season for Zion It is, and it's an opportunity for the, the Pels to say okay what works what doesn't if you can win some games and you don't want to waste Brandon Ingram being being really good, you don't want to waste some of these performances that the, the Pelicans are putting up there. But there is experimentation. There should be experimentation uh, with, with Zion offensively. Now you, and on top of that, you've just got to get Zion to figure out the defense because he, he was caught ball watching a couple of times and that really cost uh, New Orleans.
1: Yeah, look, uh, let me address the defense part first because I think that's the quicker one here. He's played 36 games in his career. He hasn't even played half of a season. I don't know (laughs) many rookies who are like, good, you know? I don't think he should be contributing to the team on the defensive side of the ball. But at the same point, you watch some of it and it's like, dude, come on. Some of it just simply effort where there's no real excuse for that. You're in the NBA. You need to play hard. And sometimes he just doesn't on the defensive side. That immediately needs to be fixed. I think the other stuff comes in time because he was good on that side of the ball at Duke offensively they're doing enough experimentation to kind of find the ways to get him open and it's kind of getting him moving with momentum kind of making him a freight train that's barreling down at the rim and they're doing it more on the baseline this year than you saw last year last year a lot of time you get him the ball up around the three-point line let him just try and drive and score he might turn it over because his handle's a little bit loose again 36 games and he's big But if he starts getting that momentum, like good luck. No, people just fly off of him. It's weird to me. It almost looks like a cartoon at times. (laughs) And then they've been running a number of like baseline actions where a guard drives and he starts moving in once the help defender on him rotates in and they're worried about Zion in the short corner and then he just starts charging. The guard dumps the ball off to him. At that point, he's moving at top speed. Good luck. Like you can't stop it. The problem is the guard play for New Orleans just kind of like there's no other way to put it other than it sucks right now you had lonzo ball in the starting lineup go three for ten eric bledsoe was three for nine you know if you're shooting six of 19 that's Horrible. And on top of that, I'm I'm not a huge Lonzo Ball guy anymore. He just doesn't drive and attack the basket, basically making it easier for teams to double team Zion because you're not really worried about needing to rotate over and cover Lonzo Ball. So just some of the many problems that's going on with New Orleans, but Zion's been a bright spot and seeing how they're using him in, in like nicer ways, more exciting ways. Like he's starting to look like that springy Duke Zion again.
0: So everybody go listen to the Locked on Pelicans podcast later. I'm sure sure you can muster up some venom, some anger, shake your fist, yell at the cloud. Uh, The second game or the other game of the night, Denver a 119-101 win over OKC. Yes, same formula. It was tied after one, and then Denver used a late run, a 14-2 run to close the half to build up a lead. And then in the third quarter, they got a little sloppy. But Paul Millsap was just huge down that that middle of the third quarter. I personally, I like to say that clutch play can come beyond the end of the fourth quarter. And Millsap's play in the middle of the third is kind of my textbook definition of clutch play that happens in a different part of the game. Because Denver had a big lead, and then Millsap, uh, I'm sorry, they got sloppy. Like, they really got sloppy. They really started just kind of – Jokic had some really bad turnovers. They took a timeout. The lead uh, that was up over 20 was cut down to like 13 or 12. They come out of that timeout, and then Millsap offensively just carries the Nuggets, snaps them back into reality, Gets OKC from running off in transition. Now you have to play against a set defense. OKC can get some stops. And then after that, it's like uh, Denver woke up and Jokic started slinging dimes. They had some of the most beautiful ball movement down that third quarter. Jokic was throwing some insane passes that became hockey assists. They had a long Uh, A full-court pass that became uh, a dump-off for a dunk. It was just beautiful. And then the fourth quarter basically became garbage time. And OKC made a little run to make the score a lot closer than it really was. Denver got their lead up to as much as 29. But... Really, that third quarter stretch from Millsap is what prevented this from being an OKC gets back into it, scrappy kind of, hey, I don't know if Denver's going to pull this off type of game. He comes in in that third quarter and it becomes Denver runs away with this and puts enough distance between them and OKC for this to be kind of an easy win.
1: Yeah, which is, look, how it, how it should have gone for Denver, right? We know they had kind of a tough fought game the other day, but that's probably how it should have gone and what they should have done to kind of get this victory and bounce back after that loss to the Jazz. And look, I, I, I kind of like watching this OKC team because they're kind of plucky, as you said, and yeah. scrappy and they will fight. Like this team isn't like they're not bad they're not good but they're not bad and they just have a lot of guys that like try really really hard and I kind of dig it to some degree like give me more Lou Dort minutes where he put up 20 points on yeah. the night Isaiah Roby was really good in this game I thought the shooting numbers kind of don't reflect that the impact that he kind of had out there on the court at times for this OKC team um, and yeah it's in a loss which is probably what they want anyway so this is, I don't know maybe an ideal situation for Oklahoma City here
0: Yeah, uh, just some more numbers here before we wrap up. Jokic, 22 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists. Millsap had 13 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, a couple of steals. Like I said, a lot of that coming in a critical uh, third-quarter stretch the uh, and one of the big things is that Jamal Murray had another rough night that elbow seems to really be bothering him there was a there was one point in there where he actually in the middle of a possession pulled the sleeve off of his arm and threw it off on the sideline so he's having problems with that elbow they were able because they 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 put enough distance between themselves and OKC they were able to sit him down for most of the third and all of the fourth so hopefully Jamal Murray can figure that out and get back to his um his old self. uh Monte Morris off the bench 15 points on 7 of 11 7 of 11 shooting and Facundo Campazzo with one hole, oh my god highlight with a bet- between the legs <laughs> bounce pass behind to a trailer for a dunk. So look for that on your uh favorite social media outlets cuz it's going to be all over the place. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about Kyrie Irving. He spoke to the media. He is coming back to the um, the Brooklyn Nets that's who he plays for the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> and, there, there you go <laughs> And we're going we're to talk about him in just a minute uh, I would not have bet any money that I would have briefly forgotten who he plays for there's like a Charles Barkley oh so who he played for Kyrie Irving
1: hmm uh, oh, yeah. Bro. Oh, man, that is a whole other can of worms <laughs> that I do not want, want to get into here right now. But, oh, boy. I would, uh, Suffice to say, Twitter wouldn't like you, maybe. It, no. uh, I, I,
0: <laughs> I would love to see betonline.ag put odds on a who he play for. Like, the over-under has to be, like, 0. .5 on a Charles Barkley. Like, just get one right. Just get one right. And I'd still take the under. Go to betonline.ag yeah, I'll right save now. It
1: for, I'll, yeah, yeah, I'll save it for the next time. I yeah. got something with that one.
0: <laughs> Go to betonline.ag right now. Use the promo code Locked On when you sign up for your free account. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. So whatever you deposit, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. You're winning right away just by signing up and making a deposit. So if you want to bet on the NFL as we get into. The, uh, the the end of the playoffs we're, we're almost at the Super Bowl now obviously the NBA and the in-game bets that you can place they're all there on betonline.ag so don't sit on the sidelines, get in on the action and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit, please gamble responsibly, BetOnline your online sportsbook experts So you spent the break setting up your free betonline.ag account. Now you want to go to the Locked On Bets podcast and subscribe to that show so you can make a little money. Your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling have you covered with daily picks, quick-hitting advice, smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets brought to you by betonline.ag. Wherever you get your podcasts, so, so
1: so I don't know hockey, by the way. Yeah, but I've been betting on hockey because I've been listening to Locked On Bets, and guess what? I'm winning by betting on hockey. No kidding, that's awesome. <laughs> They're like a heater with it, man. Like I I mean this. Look, it's part of the network. We should promote the show. Yeah. Also, if you like money, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> also listen to the show. Do you like money, sir?
0: Why yes. So locked on money. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Hey, that's good to hear. All right. Nice. Good for you. Uh, Kyrie Irving is back. He is going to play basketball again for the Brooklyn Nets. I always thought all of this talk about, gee, is Kyrie Irving going to come back at all this season? Thought that was always a little overblown, but there, whatever. People wanted to say what they wanted to say. Kyrie Irving practiced with the team on Tuesday Steve Nash says he expects Kyrie Irving will play on Wednesday. But Kyrie spoke to the media 12 minutes of him laying on his arms, kind of like casually answering the, the questions. But look, I think that he was actually being fairly honest and forward with his his most of his answers. He had personal things that he says he had to tend to. Uh, he apologized. He apologized to the fans. He said he talked to his teammates, and he quote just needed a pause for whatever reason. I think that he, if he's genuine here, it's so interesting with Kyrie, Jake, because he at one on one hand is I listen to what he says and I'm like, you know, that makes all of this makes perfect sense. But then on the other hand, people will say like, yeah, but he. He just sort of disappeared, and it's it's the dichotomy of Kyrie that that is really interesting here.
1: so he's difficult to try and talk about and find the right balance right I think that's part of it like it it, it, because I I watched this too and I listened to it as well and you're right he comes off genuine in this um and he didn't want to get into some details And we can respect that and I think some people like wanted to hear specifically what it was and maybe that'll make him feel a little bit better but you're not going to get that in this kind of situation nor would you in any situation but it was definitely genuine the things he was Mm -hmm. saying and I you know, I, I actually thought you were gonna come in and kind of kill him because I know you know there some of the stuff with him bothers you and we've talked about it in weeks before. Yep. I, I've kind of come around to this that it, it's kind of like the in a way, the cost of doing business with Kyrie Irving, but I don't really quite think it's that. It's just kind of like this is how it is. And I'd be willing to bet the Nets kind of expected that going into it. And I'd be willing to bet his teammates kind of understand it. And if you go back to the summer when we were all watching the last dance about Jordan and all the stuff with Dennis Rodden, where it's like, you know what? Dude just needs to go party in Vegas for a weekend. And they let him do it. Yeah. And it, you know what? And it's fine. And sometimes for the top people, and this doesn't just apply to basketball, it applies to other things too, like any organization. Sometimes your top people, and look, Kyrie is one of them. You you bend the rules for them a little bit, and they play by different rules because they're they're good producers or they're adding more value than the average person is. And I think that's kind of this like, you're not really hearing the kind of things that like we heard out of Houston with James Harden, but leading up to the trade where his teammates were kind of like saying, taking some veiled shots at him and things like that. You're not quite hearing that here. You've heard Steve Nash. Um, Or I think it was Marks in the statement put out being like, you guys need to ask Kyrie about some of this stuff. But I think that like he kind of knew what they they knew what they were getting into. There's no questioning about this when it comes to him. So if they're comfortable with it, if the team is comfortable with it, if it's not rocking the team too much in terms of the specific players, like I I, I can't get upset over it. You know, I, I worked a job where we didn't work remote before all this This is years and years ago. They hired someone who's really good and they let that person work remotely. And I'm like, this isn't fair. This sucks. I hate this. Except that person was better than everyone else. So they got to do it, you know, like, and it's sometimes how things go.
0: Right. There's the,
1: the Kyrie discourse
0: is complicated. Kyrie is complicated. There are things that you can absolutely kill him for. There's no doubt. Yes, absolutely. You can kill him for certain things. And I, I personally, I think that... Now, I have been around Kyrie. I covered Kyrie for a year in Boston. Well,
1: you, you have a much closer perspective, I think, than a lot of other people do.
0: Yeah. So I have seen him in locker rooms. I've seen him interacting with players. I saw him come back to Boston earlier this year, and six different Celtics hung around to give him hugs and talk to him extensively after the game, which shows you that the players aren't carrying any sort of grudge. So the thing with Kyrie that I kind of settled on is he has often understandable motives, but poor execution. So a lot of the discourse around Kyrie becomes, all right, yeah, I get that, but dot, 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 then somebody goes to kill him. So I see here and I say, well, Kyrie, I think is complicated. And I think Kyrie does have, I think, a, a more – um he made it need more attention to some of his his own personal mental health. I think that he's a 28-year-old who's on a path of self-discovery, and he recently really connected with his mother's Native American side. And I think mm-hmm. there's a lot in that. Again, he is still 28 years old. We see these guys as mature – and and grown and they are all supposed to be these these uh, like adults in the room, but they're all
1: in their twenties. They're mostly in their twenties. At uh, twenty eight, I was definitely in like multiple bars, bathrooms on a Friday night, like puking because I drank <laughs> right. too much. So and then feeling miserable the next day.
0: I tell you what, a twenty eight year old who reconnects with his mother's his his dead mother's Native American side. Any 28-year-old who reconnects with that and is starting to really explore that is going to do a lot of things that you go, oh, okay, so he's doing that now. Oh, all right. This is a new wrinkle to his personality. Now, Kyrie, there's an added element to this because he is one of the very few great basketball players in the world. Like There's, what, a, a dozen people better than him? However you want to rank it. Right. Not that many. And he's been this good for a while. So he's had... There is a little bit of entitlement here at play because uh, he's been able to get fine. away with the stuff like you said. <laughs> so it's a, it's a wild combination. I feel like I could talk about this for hours. But I think that Kyrie, when you boil it all down, he's complicated. He is his own worst enemy a lot of times. But I think a lot of times in his head he is trying to do the right thing or what he thinks is the right thing he just sometimes does it poorly and that the, the execution is what drives people crazy
1: yeah. That's I, okay. So I think that's totally fair. I, I think the other thing that, that kind of rubs people the wrong way with him, and this is probably unfair to him with this is, you know, I, I think most people fans in particular, maybe it's a little bit different than like media who covers it and are kind of dead inside when it comes to covering <laughs> the league to some degree. Um, no, you, you, you don't want these NBA players to treat this as a job, right? Like a means to an end. You want them to eat, live basketball. They love basketball. So they play in the NBA yeah. and they would do this for free. Right. Uh, they would, they would go through the schedule to go through everything for free because they get to play more basketball and they love it. And I think people have issues with that. You know, I I don't have a problem when I hear NBA players be like, no, I'm doing this for the money and yeah. I can make a lot of money and it lets me do other things and fund other things that I want to do. And I think at times Kyrie maybe is looking at it like that. And I don't know for sure. It's my interpretation of the situation, but I don't have a problem with that, but a lot of people do. That rubs people an incredibly wrong way. But when you look at some of the things he's doing off the court with his millions and millions of dollars and the things he's involved in, I can see why maybe he's elevating those causes and those things that he cares about above basketball. I'm not saying he doesn't like basketball or even love basketball. He just has other things to him which are more important family, social justice issues might be more important to him than going out and playing the game, but playing the game allows him to do all of this stuff. So if he can kind of, in his mind, find the right balance between that, play well enough, make your money, and then go focus on these other things, he's going to do it. But to a lot of people, they're going to be like, oh, he doesn't care. And he's screwing up his team. It's not that, you know, think uh, to all you listeners who are listening in right now, do you truly love what you do? Are you doing it? Because it pays you and it allows you to do some other things. It, it, some people are going to truly love their their full-time job and their main job, sure. right? But a lot of people are working for the weekend, and that's okay. Yeah. Just like
0: we love our jobs here in the Locked On NBA podcast. Uh, I think there Look,
1: is... Look, you don't get to like... Uh, are you above like a 1,000 shows at Locked On Celtics?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For I'm, a, sure. I'm over
1: 900 on Locked On Pelicans. You don't do that many shows unless you actually enjoy it somewhat. I'm kind of <laughs> curious. Uh, now that you mention that... Uh, I'm. i wonder how many shows I'm. Up I celebrate for. every hundred episode milestone. Yeah, we'll hit a, really. Uh, we'll hit a thousand episodes of Locked On Pels this year.
0: Oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta figure that out. Um, well, anyway, uh, I, I, I do agree. <laughs> I do agree that th- there is a fair amount of t- tribalism that is, is going on uh, when it comes to players and like we, we fans love their cities, right? Boston Celtics fans who are my my primary base love Boston and that's the Seinfeld line we blindly root for laundry and you take it as a personal affront when a player comes in yes. and Very much so. doesn't love the city I mean hell even Kyrie some some radio hosts wanted to give Kyrie crap for wearing a Yankees hat when is he's from the Bronx everybody knows he's from the Bronx he's a Yankees fan that's okay you can be a Yankees fan in Boston if you play for the team because you're from the Bronx. So, there, All of this is to say, and I don't want to belabor the point, that I, fans see this differently. And I think if we're trying to get any point across is that the players don't see it this way. Because while fans want to do this, they'll do it for free. Yeah, I'll go out there and play for free. Well, yeah, but you wouldn't do it all year for free. You'd play one game for free because it's awesome. But if that became your job... You basically can't see their family right now. Like, that's not fun. (laughs) Right. This is a job. This is a job that they went to college for. They played... These guys, whoever... They went to college to play basketball. Their entire lives from probably 10 years old have been geared towards playing basketball. Cause they've been deemed the best of the best of the best. And now they're playing basketball. They've been treated as professionals from a very, very young age. They treat the game as a professional and the NBA is a, lo- a loyalty free business. Kyrie I listened to some other podcasts and people were talking about, yeah, they probably, if they could have traded Kyrie, they probably should have traded Kyrie. And if this doesn't go well in Brooklyn, well, they should, there's, they there's should trade Kyrie. To say
1: that, that, that like the boat has been rocked there by him being away. It's rocked to us, but we're not in the locker room. Right. We don't know if he signed with them, knowing that they're going to be special rules like Kawhi Leonard and the Clippers did like, that's a good example of this. It may have rocked the boat somewhat. And then they decided to make some changes. But until we see that, I, I wanted to get angry about this. And at first when I saw some of the stuff and we were talking about it last week, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I really like what he's doing. Then I kind of took a step back from it. I, I got no, no problem with it. Right. None.
0: All right. We're going to leave it at that. I will. Fa- my final thing I'm going to say is I'm at 1,091 podcasts for Locked On Celtics. When I release my next podcast, I'm going to be at 1,092.
1: That's it's a lot, man.
0: It's a lot of podcasts.
1: It's <laughs> yeah. a lot of podcasts. Hey, look, again,
0: that's great. Good
1: content out there for the Celtics <laughs> fans.
0: No wonder Bilt Bar wants a piece of this action. Uh, <laughs> Bilt Bar, I want a piece of a Bilt Bar. I look. You know they
1: sent me a mixed box just out of nowhere. I got it too. Like, yeah. I felt like an influencer, and it was awesome, and guess what? I was really excited about it. I was very excited. Like, so...
0: I am I can be a creature of habit. I love the peanut butter Built Bars because I love peanut butter everything. I can sit there with a jar of peanut butter and scoop it out and eat it if, if that was good for you. Um, so I get the peanut butter ones, but they get this mixed mixed box, which you can get at BuiltBar.com. The mint brownie I
1: thought was awesome. Coconut So almond. that's that's the one I had and that's the next one I'm ordering. It's, that is that 100% really the next good. one I'm ordering is mint brownie. It's like mint chocolate chip yes. ice cream but in a, in a protein bar form, which is wild because I would eat a ton of that. And now I can get it in something that's low calorie um, and in high in protein, what, high in fiber, low sugar, all of that stuff. It's amazing. Right. I had one of the coconut almond ones, which tastes like an Almond Joy.
0: 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 net carbs. So you can go eat an Almond Joy and not have this flavor in, in this nutritional profile or you can eat a coconut almond Built Bar protein bar and have something that gives you the protein that, that is not high in calories that doesn't have a ton of sugar and net carbs you don't have to take my word for it go to BiltBar.com use the promo code locked on, you're going to get 20% off your next order go buy one box go buy one of these mixed boxes so you can like pick and choose if you don't like it, give it to somebody else but I'm going to bet that you're going to like a bunch of those flavors and why I tell you to just go buy one box because you can pro- use the promo code LOCKED ON. You're gonna get 20% off the next order as well. So go pick a box, pick a flavor, pick a sampler, try it out and see for yourself. And then when you love a flavor, go back to BuiltBar.com. And by the way, BuiltBar.com, if you go and check it out, they get like a ton of other promos on top of this. So make sure you're checking that out and use that promo code LOCKED ON. Every time you go shop there, because you're gonna get twenty percent off at BuiltBar.com. Hey, make sure you are subscribed to the Locked On NBA podcast. It's a rotating crew of hosts. So obviously, me and Jake, we got the Wednesday show locked down. Uh, new new hosts for every every day of the week. Everybody's got their own take on the NBA. Everybody's got their own personalities. And you're just going to get a lot of good personalities and a lot of good perspectives from hosts of other shows along the Locked On NBA network. So make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On NBA podcast. All right, now we like to do something every once in a while when we have the opportunity we call them our sour rankings, which is a completely original idea. No one else has ever thought of sour rankings, and we're going to do them.
1: <laughs> uh, so, we're like the curmudgeonly old guys here on Locked On NBA. We've got like the big market, small market day on Tuesday. They've got like East Coast versus West Coast. But now, even though it's big market versus small market, we can come together and hate certain things. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's like the player haters ball from the Chappelle show. Hate, 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 hate. There we hate, go. Hate, hate. Um, Love it. So. So leading off my sour rankings and we, we can only just do a few because we like to, to yap away on this stuff. I have a feeling like I get a general sense that this is kind of a throwaway NBA season. And I just don't like that. I don't like that. The NBA is just put out a plan where the Washington wizards can miss basically two whole weeks of a season And there's no consideration of, hey, let's pause things so it's fair to everybody. I just watched the Boston Celtics get three games postponed. The Sixers got a game postponed. They've been dealing with stuff. The Heat, the Mavericks, a lot of teams have been dealing with this stuff. I don't like the fact that they're basically saying, we're trying to get this season over with because we need to get back on schedule and we're going to do everything humanly possible just to get back on schedule. And we're whatever happens, happens. I get why they're doing it. I don't like it. I think it, it leads to bad basketball. I think it leads to a lot of these blowouts that we've seen all over the place. I think it leads to just a general feeling you hear from a bunch of different sources that Players, personnel, they're just not having fun this season. And it's early and things can change, but it's also early and things can get worse. And I am afraid of how things are going to go later on, uh, March and April. Like, I really feel like there's a potential for some really bad feelings, uh, I, I just I just don't like how it just feels like it's a, a throwaway season.
1: No, that's fair. I, I, I don't want to tag on too much there, but you're right. You know, you get certain games and teams are missing half of their players or a number of their stars and it's a national TV game. And it's like, what am I doing watching this? That's not necessarily the best way to market the league and get people excited about it. And it's b- probably better to wait and play that game until everyone's kind of back and healthy. So it's definitely something that I have disliked from all of this. And you've got to wonder if they're just going to end up canceling some games towards the end of the season. Like if the Wizards are out of it and depending on who the matchups are and it doesn't impact anything, maybe it doesn't get uh, played. That's not necessarily the greatest look for the league, but I think it's just one of those things that everyone's got to kind of deal with. Also, it's wrecking. Think about how it's wrecking havoc on like fantasy basketball, where all of a sudden my oh. team is missing like six guys that are out due to COVID and I'm losing games to so we playing a head-to-head league. And it kind of sucks to be involved in something like that. And if I weren't someone that covered the league, it might actively turn me off to some of this. Um, One thing I hate though, on my sour rankings with this, that maybe is a good thing, this year is impossible to freaking figure out. Yeah. Like impossible to try and get a read on what is a trend and what isn't. And so when we're trying to deliver intelligent basketball analysis... Because we are experts, and that's what we do here <laughs> um, like it's hard yes. i like man, things are so swingy, and I can't get a read on some teams, I think, and I'm really trying to because that's what we're supposed to do, and you you can't necessarily
0: yeah I, I don't think that there's the the normal rules just don't apply, and I think this fuels yeah. some of this because we are used to certain markers and it's we, we look at the calendar, it's like January 19th, January 20th, as the show publishes, and we should know things by now.
1: Yeah, we, we should have a good read on certain things right? and feel pretty certain about a lot. And I'm more uncertain than certain about things, even with a, like the Pelicans and with a lot of other teams that I watch. Like, and I think that's you know, it, it's an interesting way to kind of go about it where we're just in this big unknown. It's not always the most fun, particularly when you're trying to make like predictions or, or figure things out, because we're about to talk about the games tonight. <laughs> right,
0: right. So my last my last sour ranking thing, I hate that James Harden got away with it.
1: I hate that James Harden... I told, oh, I don't, because I told you that's how it was going to go. I
0: know you did. I know you did. You were right. But two, really three years left on his contract, I hate that he got away with it. And I, we could just leave it at that, because there's there's nothing more to say. He got away with it. And... I don't know if this is, this is somewhat of an aberration or if it's going to be the future of the NBA where contracts just simply don't matter. But I just
1: hate that he got away with it. Maybe it's because he's James Harden and maybe it's because it's Brooklyn. But so Part of it is he's that good. But again, look at the history on some of this stuff. It, they, these guys get moved. You make enough of a mess there, and Harden certainly did that. We talked about it literally a week ago. He was traded the next day. Yep. That's how bad things can go in a hurry, and you've just got to move on from those guys.
0: All right. Let's talk about, let's talk about the Wednesday night games and, and wrap this show up uh any particular game out here what what stands out to you on the Wednesday night what, what do we have here three
1: six yeah nine, so for, first so one I'm gonna be kind of keeping an eye on his Nets Cavaliers if you're gonna throw Kevin Durant Kyrie Irving and James Harden there um and I'm not sure if Irving's gonna play a full minute load and he probably won't you know I, I know Harden and Durant can coexist I'm curious about adding them adding Kyrie Irving into the mix even though I'm not worried about like team chemistry it's All of a sudden you have two ball dominant guys out there on the court. We can see that Kevin Durant can play off ball and work with one of those guys. How's it work with two? First thing I'm going to be watching for.
0: Okay. So two for me here, obviously Celtics and Sixers because it's a, a matchup of two teams at the top of the East. And it's going to be a a little bit of a measuring stick for the Celtics. They won't have Jason Tatum. So you can, you can maybe throw out some of the results here, but the Celtics looking to to go up against the class of the East. You're going to see who might be for real there. The other one here, and I think this is going to be a real interesting game, Heat and Raptors in the, the panic bowl where two teams that <laughs> have had a lot of discussion about, oh my God, is this for real? Should, we, should, should they be blowing it up? What are we doing here? So one of these teams, I think, can come out of this feeling good about themselves, and the other's going to come out of it going, nope. Their recent success, not real, and they should blow it up.
1: Yeah, you know, Toronto's on a three-game winning streak, so if they look to make it four and get four in a row, I'm going to probably feel better about them and where they actually are in terms of the East playoff race and maybe some of that early season stuff was just, I don't know, them playing in Tampa or something like that. That's definitely one to keep an eye on. The last one I've got is actually going to be the late game. I'm curious about Grizzlies, Trailblazers. John Morant's back. He's really good. You've got no C.J. McCollum for the Portland Trailblazers, so you might kind of get one of those epic point guard uh, duels of guys just going back and forth trading buckets between Damian Lillard and John Moran. You know what? For late-night basketball, that sounds and like no defense being played. That sounds so much fun <laughs> to watch just dudes trading shots down the stretch.
0: Yeah, that's, that's actually going to be a lot of fun. What a shame for C.J. That's just... He's playing the best basketball and of his life. my
1: fantasy team. What a shame.
0: Oh, God, that <laughs> sucks. I had John Morant, so I'm glad that he's back. So, uh, <laughs> all right. That's the show. That's the Wednesday Locked on NBA podcast. We went long. Don't tell our boss. So, on Wednesdays, I'm John Corrales, host of the Locked on Celtics podcast. You can find me on Twitter and yell at me at Reds Army underscore John.
1: And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake.
0: At Lock and Golliver tomorrow Thursday, Locked On NBA. Subscribe to that. Subscribe to your favorite Locked On team podcast. And, of course, share this Locked On NBA podcast and tell everybody they should be listening to Locked On NBA here on the Locked On Podcast Network.